This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 39. Today we hear about the white tiger. We try to guess three mystery animal sounds and a lot more. Hello and welcome everybody to the Visit the Zoo podcast. My name is Fred Fishman and I am your host. And I'm also the author of the 120 Animal 12 book Visit the Zoo book series that you can find on Kindle and in print and audiobooks, DVD, and of course I'm hosting this podcast. We have three websites that you can check out. first website that I want to give you is our main website for this podcast and that is at zooanimals.com. Dot info. That's zoo animals and animals is plural. Zooanimals.info. My main author website is frederickfishman.com and that's spelled F I C H M A N. Frederickfishman.com. And if you want to help out everything we do here at Visit the Zoo, you can go to patreon.com forward slash visit the zoo. It's spelled P A T R E O N dot com forward slash visit the zoo and i also want to announce that we have opened up a second merchandise store this time it's on amazon so we now have a merchandise store on zazzle.com forward slash zoosware that's z-a-z-z-l-e dot com forward slash zoosware z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r and the new store is at on amazon and that's go to Amazon.com and go to the search bar and just type in Zooswear, Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R. Or if you want to make it really easy, just go to zooanimals.info. And up at the very top, you will see two tabs. One will say Zooswear on Amazon and Zooswear on Zazzle. And just click on either one of those. Again, that's zooanimals.info. A-N-I-M-A-L-S. Plural. Zoos zooanimals.info. Okay, we've got a lot to cover, so let's get started. Let's read our three zoo or animal stories, and today we've got from all over the world, really, these stories. This one first is from Australia, from the Taronga Western Plains Zoo in Dubbo. Australia. They've opened up a new wild herds precinct at the Taronga Western Plains Zoo. And retired zookeeper John Davis helped open the, the Taronga Plains Wild Herd Precinct, which showcases the taki horses and fallow deer. It was opened up recently. Mr. Davis was one of the longest serving keepers and devoted 32 years to supervise the traditional wild horse from the Mongolian steppe. Zoo director Steve Hinks and Mongolian ambassador Batali Chujunruhu, I know I butchered that, also opened up the Wild Herds Precinct at the Taronga Western Plains Zoo. Wild Herds offers guests a truly impressive experience with a deer walkthrough and a beautiful overlook to the zoo's taki herd from a replicant Mongolian gur. The precinct showcases the story of the taki, also known as the Prezwalski horse, and the follow deer. The taki horses were considered extinct in the 1960s, however, the horses bred at the Taronga Western Plains Zoo has contributed to the global effort to reintroduce them into the wild. 
And the next story is titled, Scientists Create Hybrids in Race to Save Northern White Rhino. And this story comes from Berlin, from the Associated Press. Scientists say they are several steps closer to perfecting a method that could prevent the extinction of the northern white rhinos, of which only two animals are known to still be alive. According to a paper published Wednesday in the journal of Nature Communications, researchers have succeeded in creating embryos using frozen white rhino sperm and eggs from a southern white rhino, a closely related subspecies. It's the first time such a hybrid embryo has been created, said scientists from Germany, Italy, and the Czech Republic. They plan to harvest the egg cells of the two surviving female rhinos soon and preserve the sperm to produce pure northern white rhino embryos. Saving the northern white rhino has become an international effort with cooperation, but with some rivalry among scientists and institutions around the world, including the zoos in San Diego and Cincinnati. Some experts, however, have criticized the effort, saying it comes too late. I have no doubt that its purely scientific merit is laudable, and it may have been have some application to endangered species, said Richard Cook, who is the conservationist at Britain's Royal Veterinary College. But I'm afraid that it is very much Nero fiddling with Rome as it's burning with respect to the northern white rhino. Instead, it suggested that they focus on saving other endangered rhino species that still can be found in the wild. And this last story comes from a health and science reporter, Melissa Healy, with the Los Angeles Times newspaper. And the title of the story is, Does Exposure to Animals During Childhood Buffer the Body's Response to Stress as Adult? And the title is, Does Exposure to Animals During Childhood Buffer the Body's Response to Stress as Adults? And Melissa Healy says that a child reaches out to pet a cow at a Connecticut farm. New research comparing men who grew up on farms with men who grew up in cities offer evidence that exposure to animals during childhood affects the immune system's response to stress in adulthood. New research offers evidence for claim made regularly by country music singers that growing up with a little dirt under his nails may make a country boy a little bit shy, but compared to a born and bred city slicker, that country boy will grow up to be stronger, healthier, and a more laid-back man. In ways large and small, farm kids and city kids grow up worlds apart from each other. A study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences explores the possible consequences of that divergence for the health of modern men. German researchers recruited men under 40 whose childhoods fit one of two starkly different patterns. Either they had spent the years before they turned 15 in a city of more than 100,000 and had never had a pet in their childhood home, or those who had spent years on a farm. The researchers laid before these healthy men the kind of wide-ranging social challenges sure to induce a potent case of sweaty palms. Then the researchers compared the two groups' reaction using a battery of psychological and physiological tests. In their responses to questionnaires, as well as in measures of acute stress, the studies, 20 country boys felt the heat of social challenge more strongly. Their levels of cortisol, a fight-or-flight hormone, spiked higher, and they reported a higher level of anxiety. 
The finding strengthens the suspicion that growing up in a sanitized urban environment is making many of us more fragile when it comes to warding off certain diseases. It's called the hygiene theory. The study was very small with only about 20 men in each group, but the researchers found that two groups well-matched on a range of socioeconomic background factors and childhood stressors as well as past cases of mental or physical health that there was a difference compared to the urban participants. This, this study doesn't really shed any light on the surmise that farm kids should be sure to provide their children a pet. But here's an intriguing tidbit from a 2001 study carried out by the University of Zagreb. Young adults who had a pet as a child were more empathetic, more prone to choosing helping professions, and more oriented towards social values than were young adults who grew up without pets. And so that is from the LA Times. And those are our three news stories for today. All right, we come to our animal sounds now, where I will play for you three animal sounds. And let's see if you can guess what they are. And later on in the episode, I'll tell you what you listen to and a little bit about these animals. Okay, here is our first animal sound. Here is our next animal sound. See if you can guess what this is. And finally, here is our third animal sound for this episode. Those are our three animal sounds for today. And let me play for you now our animal description for this episode. And this is where I take an audio recording out of the audiobooks for the Visit the Zoo books. And I play it for you. And today we're going to take a look at the beautiful, gorgeous white tiger. Volume 3, Chapter 4. Time for a break again. We've been walking for a long time now. While you are walking around the zoo, you will see restaurants and snack stands. And thank goodness they are there. If you didn't bring anything to eat or drink, they could be a much-needed spot to grab a soda or water or even a bag of chips. Let's indulge. Okay, let's continue and see what else we can discover. How about this elusive cat? The white tiger is a tiger. Not trying to sound snarky or silly here, but the only difference between this white tiger and the familiar gold-colored tiger is a lack of pigment in their coat caused by a missing gene. Otherwise, same animal. So let's talk about tigers. The cable TV channel Animal Planet took a poll recently with over 50,000 participating, asking the question, Favorite animal? Question mark. That is, what's your favorite animal in the world? The winner is the tiger, barely beating out the domesticated dog. It is probably the winner because it is the largest cat in the world with power, grace, stamina, hunting abilities. They are just beautiful to see in person here at the zoo and beautiful to watch in the wild. 
but in the wild there aren't many left, maybe 4,000 total. Of that number, 1,700 live in India. India is their primary home, but they also are found elsewhere in Southeast Asia, in Russia, and in China. In the last several hundred years, they have lost 93% of their habitat. The history of the tiger and how they evolved stretches back almost two million years, but their diminishing numbers has accelerated with modern human history. They are solitary creatures with females carefully and closely guarding their cubs. The white tiger cubs rarely survive because of their white coloration. They are easily spotted in mangrove swamps and grasslands. They are strong, powerful, and heavy. They weigh on average 670 pounds. The biggest on record was over 860 pounds. Truly a big guy. Unlike your pet cat, or domesticated or wild feral cat, tigers love water. They hunt near there and like to swim and cool off in the water. They eat mostly small four-legged animals, but they also will eat sloth bears, crocodiles, monkeys, and even fish. They do well in captivity and thank goodness for it. Zoos care for these animals, these beautiful animals, and encourage breeding, which for the most part, has been successful. Let's hope success continues. And that is the beautiful white tiger. Let's go back now to our three animal sounds. Let me see if you guessed what these animals were. Let me play the first one, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. Okay, did you guess it? It's an anteater. And its most prominent feature, of course, is that long, pointed face, that snout that extends out, and the long, bushy tail. These anteaters are about six feet long, from nose to tail, and they're related to sloths. The elongated nose helps them get into ant piles and also termite mounds as well. They have very long and thin, quick-moving tongues that they flick to grab those termites and ants. They have lips, but they don't have teeth. And of course, their diet is ants and termites and other small insects. They have poor eyesight, but they have an excellent sense of smell. Their hearing is good, and they move very purposely and very slowly. Their body temperature is 91 to 97 degrees, and they have the lowest body temperature of any mammal. And that is the anteater. Okay, here's our next animal sound. That is a jackal. And then jackals are medium-sized mammals, and they're in the same genus as wolves, coyotes, and dogs. They live in Eurasia, Africa, and America. And here in America, of course, they're called coyotes. And I've been close to these coyotes. One night I was out looking up at the stars and I went over to our concrete fence and I looked over and staring up not more than three to four feet away was a coyote and it was staring at me and I was staring down at him and eventually he wandered off. These jackals, they are omnivorous and they eat just about anything and they will eat carrion and they are, they are scavengers. They have long legs and they can run up to 10 miles per hour for an extended period of time. They like to 
to defend their territory, but they usually hunt alone or in pairs, and that is the jackal or coyote, if you prefer. All right, here is our next animal sound. See if you can guess what this is. Well, that very high-pitched squeak is coming from an otter. It's a semi-aquatic marine animal that likes to eat meat. There are 13 species of otters. They live up to 16 years. They are very playful, and the pups just love to frolic. Their bodies are slim, and they have little short legs. They're about 2 to 6 feet long, depending upon the species, and they weigh can weigh up to 100 pounds for the larger otters. They eat fish, but they also can settle on frogs and crayfish and also crabs. They live by the water in oceans, lakes, and rivers. The ocean otter spends most of their time on the water. And those are our three animal sounds for today. All right, and we come to a segment where we read a poem or quotes. What I did last week is I did both. And you know what? I think I'm going to do both again this week. So let me start first with four quotes. This is from Charles M. Schultz, of course, the cartoonist. And here is his quote. All his life, he tried to be a good person. Many times, however, he failed, for after all, he was only human. He wasn't a dog. And this is from Hippolyte Taine. I've studied many philosophers and many cats. The wisdom of cats is infinitely superior. I guess he's a cat lover, huh? And this is from Josh Billings. A dog is the only thing on earth that loves you more than he loves himself. Boy, isn't that the truth? And finally, this is from Mahatma Gandhi, who was the leader of the Indian independence movement. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. All right, well, let's go now to a poem. And the title of this poem is Animal Freedom, and it's written by Harlan Simintel. Nice to be an animal, free from worry and care, no possessions, no clothes to wear. No toothbrush or comb, sleep anywhere, no clock to watch, nor time to keep, sun and moon with you, awake or asleep. Away from it all, enjoying woods and field, no rush hour to negotiate, your animal spirit healed, mate with whomever, no marriage endeavor, poor as you both are, on a wild date, gaze up at a falling star. Never a need to cook. Food from soil, stream, or forest nook. Eat your meat and veggies raw. No fork or knife. Using your beak or paw. Wild, surprising adventure. Every challenging day. Nature indeed. An interesting life. This natural way. this episode flown. I want to thank you very much for joining me for this episode number 39 of the Visit the Zoo podcast and I hope that you will join us again for episode number 40 and I'm going to try and do something special for number 40. That's kind of a marker so come back if you can next week and I want to thank you very much for listening to this Visit the Zoo podcast and as always please please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen but especially if you listen on itunes remember our three website links first is our main website which is zoo animals and that's plural 
zooanimals.info. And the author site that I use for all my writing is Frederick Fishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N.com. And if you want to support us and help keep Visit the Zoo going, then you can go to our Patreon site at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Visit the Zoo. And remember again, we've established two merchandise stores, one on Zazzle and one on Amazon.com. Again, thank you very much. Please join us again next week. Bye for now.